Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Bravo East Coast Housewives. It's your main bitch, Kim, back. From my Charleston trip, my Charleston weekend, and let me tell you, Charleston, it does not lie on Southern Charm. It is as beautiful as they portray it on the show. I don't think they portray anything as far as like trying to sell you on Charleston. However, they did sell me when I was watching the show, and I still love the show, but I have to say, Charleston is a beautiful city. And me and my closest girlfriends from high school, yes, we rented an Airbnb for the weekend. We, what, what happened? We left on Thursday, and then we left uh, to come back to our homes on Sunday. So it was a really nice, quick little weekend girls trip. We stayed on Folly Beach, and I don't know if you guys know where that is, but you Charlestoners definitely know. I do have to say it was so, so beautiful. We had such a good time. The Airbnb was pretty nice. And we were only a few blocks from the beach, which was killer. Such a cute little town in Folly Beach. And uh, I would definitely go back to Charleston again. I feel like I wanted a little bit more time there, but it was still super fun. This bitch kayaked for the first time. Super excited. A little disappointed as well that I did not see dolphins when we were kayaking in the saltwater marsh. But you know what? That just means I have to go back there again. And I think all of us ladies had a really good time. So thank you, Charleston, for being so hospitable to your girls. And yeah. Didn't see any Southern Charmers. However, this is actually a good segue to go and watch that Bravo. Didn't see any Southern Charmers. Um, I did see on Instagram that Craig and Austin are in New York right now trying to hype up their Winter House show, which is actually premiering today. Holy shit. Oh, my God. I think it's the 20th. Yeah, it is the 20th. So I think it's I think it's today. So I saw on the Instagram as well, Craig and Paige from Summer House. Well, technically, they're both in Winter House together. Big news. They're official. They are dating. Holy fucking shit. I mean, I'm not really that surprised. I do have to say, I think they are a very hot couple. I think they're beautiful, both of them. And it makes sense that they're together. Paige is completely opposite of Naomi. Like, Naomi's a go-getter. And I think Paige is kind of a little bit lazy, if you ask me. Even though she's gorgeous and she does know her fashion shit, she's balling on a budget. I do appreciate that. But if you put Naomi and Paige in front of me, this bitch is going to choose Naomi all the way because she's my kind of gal. So they're dating. Cool. She says to E! Entertainment or something. I think I saw this on the Bravo website. I think she said, oh, you know, it just fits. And it really does because I feel like Paige is a little bit lazy and I also know and we all know that Craig is pretty lazy. So it totally makes sense. And I hope they have a budding, lovely relationship and hopefully it lasts. Now, the other Southern charmer, Austin. Okay, I saw this. If Yin's guys watched the Below Deck finale yesterday along with the reunion, first of all, it was pretty good. We'll we'll get into that a hot second. Um, but it was interesting because they previewed a little bit more of what we're going to see with Winter House. Here is my thing. Why the fuck are three women, 
Why are three women in that winter house so hung up on Austin Kroll? Someone please inform me what this guy has that these girls are like so, I don't know about obsessed, but why are they interested in him? There is nothing that I see that has any type of quality that is attracted to me. So obviously I'm a different type of bitch, right? I just don't see, I don't think he's that attractive. I don't think he's terrible looking, but he's definitely not my vibe. And guess what? Different strokes for different folks. That's cool. But like, Is he that good in bed? Because I just don't see it. I don't see it. I'm so perplexed as to why these girls are like crying over him. Like I would cry over, I don't even want to say that I would cry over any of those Southern charmers, but if I had to choose, I feel like I would cry over Craig before any of them because I feel like he's probably the most loyal out of all of them. But Ugh! When I saw that, I was just like, this is ridiculous. And not even that. You see that these girls are pining over him, three of them in the house. But also, you see in the preview that Austin is talking to the guys or whatever, that Madison, yes, Madison LaCroix, texts him and says, hey, I hope you haven't moved on. What the fuck is going to happen? Now, I don't know if I'm going to love Winter House, but I'm definitely going to tune into it. Uh, It will be interesting to see the dynamics of the Southern Charmers, which I even hate to say that because it's just two fucking people. It's not like they're mixing the big casts together, but whatever, Bravo, you do you. And I'm still going to watch you. I do find it interesting on how they're going to play this out with Madison because the other big news in the Southern Charmers life here, Madison is now engaged with her beau. I don't know who the heck he is. He's very good looking. I think him and Madison are a very good looking couple, just like Paige and Craig are a good couple. So cool. But sources have said, and I think I saw this on Reality Blurm, you know, sources are saying that Austin, mm, he said, well, you know what? Whenever I get engaged, this is paraphrasing for sure. This is not verbatim quote. But he's like, oh, whenever I get married, I'm not going to make it like an infomercial. Is it infomercial? I feel like I say it wrong, but it's infomercial. I'm not going to make it an infomercial like Madison did. Hashtag jealousy much because that's what I'm hearing. I mean, are you really happy for her even though he says, yes, I'm happy for her, blah, blah, blah. I don't know, man. I feel like they love being toxic with each other. I almost feel like they get off of being assholes to one another. And maybe the sex is really good for them. Okay. But you know what? Madison is engaged now. She says that she may potentially go off the show because I think she wants to extend her family. Totally makes sense. She wants to give little Hudson a little brother or sister. I'm cool with it. So we'll have to see how it pans out, essentially. But I thought that was pretty interesting. Now let's go back to, uh, let's go to the below deck Uh, finale. You know what? I do have to say this might have been one of my favorite casts in the below deck history as far as they were really fucking together. You know, they were really, really they loved each other. And I felt like the support was there with every one of them, except for Lexi, because she was a huge bitch, which is crazy because at the reunion we see and I've told you this before on one of the previous episodes that she was going after production like she was getting a bad edit and all this shit. But apparently that night, whenever she called Lloyd a pussy, and whenever she was about to like fight Z physically, which is crazy, 
Malia said in the reunion, uh, actually, I think production gave her a pretty good edit because she was going hard at Z and I think she was about to be physical with him, but production had to step in because she was getting out of hand. They didn't necessarily say that she was about to hit him and all that shit. They didn't say that. So I don't want people to say, oh my God, she said that she's going to hit him. No, that's not what I'm saying. But the people on the reunion did say that she was getting way out of hand and she got a pretty good edit for what the production was doing. So so, you know, I feel I feel like Lexi clearly was going through a hard time. Me personally, she shouldn't have gone on that boat to work after her dad passed away three months ago. I think she wanted to go be busy maybe to help mourn and grief and kind of ignore it or put it to the side. But it just clearly it didn't work. But I also feel like I question on if she's actually a good person. I'm not really sure. It seems like she's really materialistic and that kind of shit is really, really important to her. Which, you know what, to to each your own. You can do what you want, but I wouldn't be hanging out with a bitch. I just wouldn't. So that was pretty interesting. I did enjoy the reunion. I really wish that I knew what the fuck they did at Split um, or in Split because that's a place. I don't know where the fuck it is, but I want to know what the hell they did. They didn't tell us. And that just tells me that this group was pretty fucking tight. And I appreciate that. And that's why I like this cast versus a lot of the other ones. But I did enjoy a lot of the other ones because Kate's a badass bitch and I fucking love her and Chef Ben. So one other thing that's a big deal that everyone's been seeing online, I'm sure Lala, give them Lala, and Randall have split. Holy fucking shit. Are you surprised? No. I'd like to say that Lala is an Erica Girardi slash Erica Jane in training, and I honestly think that she would take that as a compliment, which, you know what, before Erica had all this, like, legal shit and whatever is going on, alleged whatever... I would take it as a compliment, too, in in a certain type of way, but I don't know necessarily if that's a huge compliment. So she broke up with Randall, apparently, because he's cheating on her, which I would have thought it would have been the other way around. So apparently he's allegedly cheating on her. And I guess there were pictures of him in Nashville with a bunch of women and they were going into this hotel, the Thompson Hotel. Oh, my God. It wasn't the Regency Hotel. He wasn't with Tom. It's not about Tom. It's not about Tom. Where's Luann? Lala, call up Luann right now and talk to her so she can help with this whole process. I mean, I know that you dumped his ass, but, you know, the whole hotel thing at the Thompson, at the Regency, I just feel like Countess Luann Viva La Diva could help you out. That's all that I'm saying. She deleted his photos on her Instagram, social medias, whatever. So they are done for now. That's just what I think. They're done for now. So now let's get to our main event, honey, at the Eastern Shore. This is day two. So we left off at Foxy's. And now here we go, the main event. So we're at Foxy's. This is after the temper tantrums went off the handle between Ashley and Candace. And this is when Chris was saying, can you just let shit go? And then Candace was like, oh, I was calm when you left. Okay, bitch. When the dinner is winding down, Giselle and Robin at the end of the table are discussing about their hotel plans because they don't want a room together in that damn house. 
It's not because they don't want a room with each other. It's because Robin doesn't have her own bathroom and the bitch is on her period. I totally get that. And Giselle just wants her own room and she wants her own bathroom. Okay, they're grown ass women. They want what they want. Cool. So they're talking about getting a hotel. Awesome. So now we are in the van on the ride home from Foxy's. Gordon and Mia are kind of inserting themselves into the whole situation of Ashley and Candace at the restaurant. Mia's basically, I don't know, I think she just, I don't know why she did that, but she did. And Candace was saying in her confessional, she just needs to mind her P's and Q's, essentially. And then Karen is sitting there and seeing how annoyed, and I guess it seems like Robin is hating everything right now, which, listen, when I'm on my period, which, by the way, I was on my period during the Charleston trip, hashtag disappointed, but whatever, got through it. But I understand why Robin would look and feel like, ugh. I hate everything right now. Fuck you all. I get it because I get there too sometimes. So Karen is noticing that (laughs) and she was saying something like Robin and her period are coming after us. So there's something about her with a period comment in the Weekly Shade. We'll get there. Now, Gordon then announces in the van that he is going to go to bed whenever he gets back to the house, but he also wants to get some ass. He wants to get some from his wife. Okay. He's definitely making the van uncomfortable. You can see Ashley is probably the one that is the most uncomfortable with everything, which is surprising because back in the day before she had a baby and all that shit, she probably would have been all on it and been like, yes, oh my God, you're so much fun. But now she's Mama Ashley. She doesn't want to deal with that shit. And she's tired. And then with that... The whole brown penis with Chris comes up and they're like, oh, my God, show us, show us. So then he gets up and he's about to undo it. Clearly, he doesn't because Chris is an actual gentleman and he wouldn't do that shit. Like I said, I'm liking Chris. Hello. So he's playing along with everyone. He's about to whip it out. And then Gordon. Oh, he is totally making my life uncomfortable for like the less than 10 seconds of him trying to like twerk or whatever in the van and Eddie's right beside him and then Eddie is super and he's like oh my god it's super uncomfortable weird weird moment in the episode and it just started it was crazy Ashley is perplexed that's the second time I'm using this word right now I guess I like it today so she's perplexed because everyone is acting super cool with Gordon being all fucking inappropriate and crazy but they didn't do that with Michael when they first met him they had a problem with him so she's like what the fuck double standard much this is crazy so she also doesn't want to be bothered with that after the car ride home they arrive at the house People are going to their rooms, settling down for the night. And guess what? Robin and Giselle, baby, they're on the hunt for the hotel, trying to figure out, do I want to travel seven miles? Do I want to travel 30 minutes? I don't know. Let's just do it. Chris and Candace are in the room. They're reflecting on how the dinner went and how Chris was like, I thought we were getting to a good place with Ashley, me in particular. And then she just sort of blew up. And I love this, too, because Chris is awesome. (laughs) He looks at Candace and he's like, you know what? I know you're going to rip me a new asshole, but Candace, Ashley's really not that bad. She really isn't. She has moments just like you, but she's not that bad. And then he's like, you just feed into her shit, which she always does. You always want to have those weird moments with her. You got to reel it in and not cuss and fuss, Candace. So he's telling her all this shit. 
I definitely felt during that conversation there was kind of a little daddy-daughter moment vibe between the two of them, which I discussed last week. I don't know. I feel like it kind of comes into daddy-daughter to husband-wife. It's a weird dynamic, but I still love Chris right now. He is an attractive man to me, so I'm really not going to hate on him much. I'll just do it on his wife. (laughs) So Escola then goes to check on Robin and Giselle. (laughs) And Giselle's like, oh, yeah, we're leaving. We're leaving right now. And then Ascala is nice enough to help them with their bags. Also trying to say, I feel like I'm leaving like my parents in the middle of the night and I'm sneaking out. So that was pretty funny. Wendy sees Robin and Giselle leave from her bedroom with Eddie. And then she's basically saying, oh, my gosh, these girls, they're trying to leave and they're trying to make a moment. Wendy, are they really making a moment? I'm not really sure if what you're saying is completely true, but I understand as the hostess that you would feel that way. So then we go to the next morning. Mia's talking to Gordon about how they're really not living their luxury life right now on vacation because usually when they are on a vacation, they have the rooms turned down. They have people taking their bags, doing their laundry or whatever, fucking doing all that shit. That is not realistic for everyone. She's like, we're not living our luxury life right now at this vacation. So that was funny. Ha ha ha. Whatever. And then she's talking about how Candace really needs to grow the fuck up. She's got a lot of growing up to do, which Mia, we all know that we could have told you that whenever you first met her. You could have called up Monique and she would have said a lot of shit that you could have learned before you even met the girl. So then she calls up her mom just to check in how she's doing with the kids. Apparently they went to bed at like 2 a.m. Holy fucking damn. But at least they're all good. No one got hurt. So that's good. So she feels pretty calm about that. She didn't like the 2 a.m. bedtime. But you know what? Shit happens. Let's go to Ashley's room. She's calling up Michael. Checking up on him and the boys. And then Michael says something. I don't know which boy was being a little testy or not. It could have been Dylan or um, shit, Dean. I was like, who the fuck? What's the other name? So Michael said something like, you either have good boys or bad boys. There's nothing in between. And I guess he called one of the boys bad. Ashley was like, I don't really like you using that word in front of them. And she gets onto her confessional and she says, you can tell sometimes that our parenting skills are different and you can see the generational gap because I approach it a certain way and then he approaches it a different way. So she's not having a hard time to like deal with it, but she is recognizing those gaps between the parenting styles and the generation of themselves. Hopefully that makes fucking sense. I know what I'm trying to say in my head. Then after the phone call with Michael, Ashley calls up Giselle. She calls up Giselle for the updates. And Giselle's kind of talking shit on Wendy. This is when they're in the kitchen too, by the way. Everyone's, I think Gordon's making breakfast for them. So Karen cuts in and she's like, Giselle, why did you get up and leave? That wasn't really cool. What what the fuck? And then Giselle was basically saying, well, you know what, Karen, the hostess wasn't a hostess. Ooh. And then Wendy hears that shit and then she comes on over and then you see her in the FaceTime and then Giselle sees her face and she's like, yes, I was. You're lying. (laughs) She sounded just like that. (laughs) So whenever that happens, this is literally before the commercial break. This was funny. Thank you, production, as always. Whenever Wendy comes over and says, you're lying. I'm I'm a hostess. Cue Mia. Okay, cue to the shot of Mia with her sage 
waving it in the air to help calm down the energy. That was pretty, uh, I love that. I, I appreciate it very much. So as the breakfast is being made by Gordon, he is also slapping his ass, LOL, LOL. I'm uncomfortable. I don't want your eggs. Get someone else. I'll make my own eggs. I don't want you to make my eggs. Don't twerk. Don't fucking tap your ass. Don't do any of that shit while you're making other people's food. It's uncomfortable. I don't know if I'm down with it. Maybe other people are down with it, but that's not my vibe. So that was weird for me, but also kind of funny. (laughs) Wendy's asking Mia, hey, Mia, do you think you'll be able to have a conversation with Candace about all this shit to resolve everything? Mia, because she's an adult bitch, she's like, listen, I'm open to have a conversation. I understand that some shit was said and we're all a little weird about it. I'm open. Candace, honey, I know you're sleeping, but take notes to what Mia said, because I think you can learn a little something, something. And guess what? I think she did at the end of the episode, but we'll get there. So then what happens after that? People are arriving, meaning Mr. Ray Huger. Ray Huger arrives, honey. Good old Ray baby coming out of his van, whatever, UberX, whatever. And he arrives. And then Kern says she feels like the mood will change because Ray is there. I wonder why she said that. Is it because he's very seasoned as a man? Is it because he has more life experience? I don't know why she said that. Is it because he's a chill man that doesn't really say much? I'm not really sure. But did the mood change? I'll give it to Karen. I think it did a little bit. Yeah, I do. So she's talking to him about the dinner that happened the night before with the temper tantrum Ashley and Candace, which was pretty interesting. She talked about salad throwing, but then she also mentioned about tossing of the salad. Mm-hmm. We remember last week that Giselle was helping her out on what tossing of the salad means. So I thought that was funny. She also gave him a heads up of Robin and Giselle and their drama about leaving the house because they didn't have a bathroom. But speaking of Robin and Giselle... They arrive back to the house and they're ready to go on the boat excursion, baby. They are ready to go. Giselle is saying hello to Ray. And then there's some shit said about her broken toe. I'm going to save it for the quote of the week because I actually thought it was really fun. And I'm pretty sure it's my number one quote for this week. So I'm going to save that shit. So now we're on the boat in Maryland. I'm sure it's fucking cold. Ascala and Robin are on the first floor. They're getting food and shit while everyone else is upstairs enjoying the nice sunny weather. And Robin's basically saying that Wendy and her, her friendship isn't really good. Uh, She's like, yeah, whenever I first met her, we were really cool. And maybe I was just wrong about our friendship. So we clearly know that Wendy kind of sends in those jabs about her and Juan and the relationship and how she doesn't have one to stand on, which is definitely rude. She's literally projecting her anger from those Eddie rumors. She's projecting that shit on Robin when she really should be doing it to Giselle. And I almost feel like Wendy's doing that to Robin because she might be intimidated by Giselle. I do. And I think she also knows that Robin's not going to come back to her with as much shit as Giselle would because Giselle will just be like, you know, was she the one that said, if you're going to throw a bomb, I'm going to throw a nuke? Oh my God, no, that was fucking Kelly Dodd. Completely different person. Holy fucking shit. But here's what, here's my thoughts here. If you're going to duke it out with Giselle or Robin, I think Giselle will be more responsive and Robin's only going to be responsive whenever she feels like it's worth to be responsive. Giselle's going to do it regardless. But I think Robin is very strategic 
with her battles. And that's why I think Wendy is going after or projecting, if you will, her shit onto Robin instead of Giselle. Again, I also think she's intimidated by her. But of course, if I had the professor in front of me, she would tell me otherwise and she would debate me, I'm sure. Robin, baby, you know I'm on your side. I'm a green-eyed bandit apologizer. Yes, I know that. And I'm here for it every fucking day. So Robin continues to say to Escala that Wendy is pretty much a poor, she did poor planning with this whole trip as a hostess and the rooms. And she's like, well, you know what? What if Juan did actually come with me? What are we going to do? Share a room with Giselle? So I get what she's saying. But also at the same time, Wendy knew that Juan wasn't coming. So, I mean... I can't believe I'm saying this because it sounds like I'm going against Robin. But I'm just saying the facts here. I think she told Wendy that he wasn't coming. So that's all I'm saying. (laughs) Oh, my God. I almost feel like a fucking hypocrite. What's wrong with me? Now, she also says, you know what? I don't want to be talked down to and I don't want to be debated with all the time. And I feel like Wendy does that. And I totally get it. It makes sense to me. She doesn't really know if she likes Wendy anymore. She used to. But she just feels different with who she is now versus who she was when she met her. Said that she changed. And yeah, that's basically about it. So Escala then says, well, you know what? I feel like I'm in a tough spot because I'm really close with you. And I've gotten closer with Wendy. And sometimes I just feel weird about it. And then Robin's like, no, I would never I would never want you to not be friends with someone because of me. Like, I'm not going to be that bitch that's like, you shouldn't be friends with her. Who fucking does that? Oh, Stassi Schroeder did it. All those fucking people on Vanderpump Rules. You can't be friends with her. I guess Candace did it too, as far as the Monique and her thing with Karen. So yeah, there, there are a few Bravo bitches that do that shit. So, but Robin is not one of them. As this conversation with Robin and Escala are happening, Mia came down to get some food. She was hungry. Her stomach was saying, hey, give me some food. So as she's doing that, she's kind of eavesdropping, let me tell you. And (laughs) then she goes back up and she looks at Wendy and she's like, oh, Wendy, I heard that you're not the same person as you were last year. And then, oh my God, let me tell you this. Wendy, she can't take criticism whatsoever, even if it's constructive, even though this might have not been super constructive. I don't know. But Mia, you were you were throwing some shit. You were a shit stir right here. I appreciated it. But you knew what you were doing. But did you? So Wendy got super defensive from it. And she's like, who said that? Who said? She didn't really get that defensive about it. But she's like, oh, well, who said that I changed? And then Mia was like, she did like a report to her. Oh, my God, that's so funny because she's a professor. Makes sense. So Mia said, yeah, Robin says that you're a different person than you were last year. And then Wendy's like, of course I'm a different person. You're supposed to evolve. And if you don't evolve and if you don't change, if you haven't changed at all, then you, sh- you got to check your shit because you got to change. So she was kind of she was kind of annoyed there. So I do say she wasn't she wasn't Zen Wen as she was telling us her feelings. <laughs> So after that whole, Wendy, I'm a different person because I evolve and I'm the baddest bitch ever. Yes. See, I did a Mia thing just there. I just put that on there and she didn't even say that. But Mia then goes to Ray and says, so Ray, why are you why are you renewing the vows after 25 years? You know what? Ray says some good shit. He's like, you know what? If you don't do it today, you may not have tomorrow. 
Okay, Ray Huger, I can dig it. I can dig it. Secretly, I want to know if they actually have sex anymore. Like, I don't even know. But I kind of don't want to know. But I would be interested. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. But I am a bit curious what that would be like with the two of them. That was a long pause. So we're just going to move on. (laughs) So... Mia the shitster. Everyone's upstairs. Robin finally joins uh, with Escala back upstairs. <laughs> and then I guess someone said, who the fuck said that? Oh, she, yeah. Mia said, oh, yeah, we all missed you. But I don't think Wendy did because of what you said. And then Robin's like, I just said that our friendship's not what it used to be that it was a year ago. Then Wendy's like, Mia, that's not what you said. And then everyone's like, what the fuck, Mia? And then everyone's like, yeah, Mia's pretty much a space cadet. She kind of like makes up shit in her mind and she does it the way that she perceives the information. So yeah, Mia, that's that's not what she said. (laughs) So whenever Robin did express that she didn't want to be debated with when it came to Wendy, Wendy did get a little offended, I guess you could say. And she basically said, well, you know what? You are where you are with your spot with me and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, basically, whenever you're an adult, you just place people. So it almost seemed like she was throwing a jab at Robin, like she's not really being an adult. But I personally think that Wendy's just butthurt that Robin is kind of saying, like, I don't like you right now because you're being an asshole to me. So I feel like Wendy can dish it out, but like she doesn't want to take it. And we all know who can do that really well drive back Candace yes so during this whole awkward moment group discussion the guys end up leaving which is perfect that was a great cue this is why this is why having the guys on the show it's such a good comic relief maybe not necessarily every time with a Potomac men but we all fucking know that the real housewives of New Jersey men are My favorite group of men, they are fucking hilarious and I cannot wait for the season to start again because I miss those dudes. I miss Frank Catania, baby. I miss Joey Gorga. I miss Margaret's Joe. I I always forget his last name. It starts with a B. Joey B. We'll just say Joey B. I miss fucking Bill Aiden, honey. Come back to me, Jersey babes. Just come back. So whenever Mia is super like, oh, come on, Wendy, you and Robin need to resolve it. Wendy's like, well, I think you should resolve it with Candace. Go now. You know, because Wendy doesn't want to deal with that shit. She she doesn't know how to uh, take it, essentially. So guess what? As an adult, as an adult, like Mia said that she is, she's down. She's down to resolve the issue with Candace. And guess what? She apologized. And she's like, you know what? I never want to cause another person pain and I don't ever want to give off negative energy to them. So guess what, Candace? I'm I'm actually really sorry and I did not mean to do that to you. And Candace was like, thank you so much for your apology. And it wasn't necessarily the fact of the mom comment with my mom, but it was more of the low budget of my project because I'm pouring my heart and soul in this. I want to be taken seriously and it just really, really hurt me. And then from there, Candace, I think you did take some notes from Mia, girl. Good for you. She actually apologized to Mia and said, I had no idea about your mom and I am so sorry. And obviously that was a traumatic thing. I really did not mean to do that. Mia then said, you know what? You can attack me anytime. I don't care. But whenever you do that to my mom, like I don't want anyone to attack my mom because I don't want a particular comment to set her back to where then she'll have like a slip up. So 
attack me anytime. But you know what? It was a nice moment to see that they resolved their conflict. And hopefully, Candace can actually become an adult from the situation. Because I do think Mia is. Listen, I think Mia's had a had a very interesting life that not a lot of people have had, but I'm sure some people can a thousand percent relate. I know that I can't. So I do think that Mia carries herself in such a way because of her certain experiences in her life. And I do feel like she knows how to be an adult because she's been through a lot of shit. We also found out, and this was really sad to hear, but when Mia's mom was in jail, her parents passed away and she wasn't even able to be at um, the burial for her parents because, you know, she was in jail. But I think she said something like she couldn't go to the church or something for the service because she had shackles on her legs or or on her ankles and she wasn't allowed to do that. But whenever I heard that, I was just like, holy shit, like that is emotional that I, 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 I can't, I can't even imagine. And for her to even share that in front of the group, not just one single person. Like, I feel like it would be hard to share it with one person, but she did it within the group. And I thought that, I don't know, that just showed a lot of vulnerability for her. And I don't know. I'm liking Chris more and more. And I'm also liking Mia more and more. So it was just a nice thing that she, I don't know. I just, I felt fucking closer to her. And I don't even know the bitch. I also do feel like a lot of these women need to know how to compose themselves the way that Mia does. I think Mia has shown basically all the housewives that I've ever seen. She really knows how to own her shit. Well, Lisa Rinna does too, because she owns it. But I feel like a lot of these girls could take extra notes (laughs) on how Mia composes herself when there's like a situation, an altercation of some kind, because I really do feel like Mia is just like, all right, I'm going to check myself. Let's fucking move on. And I really do feel like she doesn't hold shit. That's my little spew about that. So now we're getting to the ride home from the boat, baby. Ashley's sleeping and I guess Gordon had a problem with this. So he's like making jabs, making fun of her or some shit. And he's like, oh, you're sleeping, blah, blah, blah. Ashley's like, can't you just talk to Mia? Like, why do you have to come after me? I mean, she's fucking exhausted. And then you see the episode ends. And then it's weird because I thought I saw in someone's Instagram that there was like a potential tiff with Ashley and Giselle, but I didn't see that. So next week, it seems as if there's going to be another event where the girls are getting these invitations. And apparently there's something fucking freaky in it because they're screaming whenever they open it up. But then we get to Ashley and Michael having like sexual um, difficulties. She's trying to be all sexual with him. He's not really digging it. She's talking to her therapist about it. And then she's like, yeah, Michael doesn't really engage because he's not into it. And the therapist was like, do you believe him? What? Dun, dun, dun. So we're going to find a little bit more about that. <sighs> Michael. And then this seems pretty intense. And I'm a little scared for this conversation. But Grace... Giselle's oldest daughter is sitting there with her and her two sisters in Giselle. And it seems like she's approaching Giselle about how the girls don't really know how to act with her and Jamal. And it seems sticky. It seems sticky because I thought I heard Giselle say, well, this is the worst day of my life. So there's definitely going to be an emotional moment between the girls. So I'm scared and I'm anxious to see it. So we're going to reflect on day two of the Eastern Shore. (laughs) Talking about our dueling divas, baby. So let's get into it. So, of course, dueling diva, Wendy and Giselle, 
Wendy and Robin. I would say the Wendy Giselle Robin thing are like together because we all know that Giselle, if you have Giselle, you got to have Robin, vice versa. Duh. So it's a whole room situation. They're not happy with it. Wendy's like, uh, Giselle, you're even lucky that you're here with your luggage. So Robin, Juan's not here. I don't know what to do with you. Whatever. The girls don't want to deal with it. So they get out. They get out at midnight, midnight o'clock. They don't want to deal with it. So that's a feud. You can see at the end of the episode, too. It's like Wendy still cannot get over the fucking Eddie rumor thing. And she's like talking to Robin about their friendship after Robin's like, yeah, our friendship isn't the same. She's talking to Robin, but then all of a sudden she's kind of like, now I'm a type of girlfriend that does X, Y, and Z. And Giselle, if I've always been gracious to you, see, she's going back to Giselle. She's going back, which tells all of us she's not fucking over it. She wants to move on, so she says, but she doesn't know how to. So that's a problem within itself. And maybe, I don't know, Wendy, maybe you need to talk to someone about it. I'm just saying, I don't know. You're having a problem letting it go. Whenever they weren't even attacking you or talking shit about you, they wanted to warn you. Oh, my God, it's so exhausting. Giselle and Robin are basically saying that Wendy is too busy being bitter with them. I find that true. Next duel, Ashley and Candace, temper tantrum disaster at uh, Foxy's. We all saw it. We all loved it, hated it, all those emotions. Giselle, I wonder if she apologized to the restaurant like she said she would. (sighs) If she did, do you think they would have played it on the episode? I'm curious on that. I didn't see it, so that's why I'm pondering if she actually did. Anywho, the last one, Mia and Candace, we all know, salad throwing, not salad tossing. There's tension between the two throughout this episode until they resolve the issue at the end. Everyone says, I'm sorry. No one says, I love you. And now we're going to (laughs) go. Now we're going to go to the weekly shade because these last two are my favorite now, people. Here's the weekly shade. Shade number one. We have a good amount today. Karen is at the Foxy's table. That sounded weird. Karen's at the table at the Foxy's restaurant. And as Ashley and Candace are having their fits with each other, their screaming fights, Karen is basically saying, if Ashley and Candace are going to keep acting the way that they do, they'll never look like this at 58. She's referring to herself. And she's like, if y'all girls act the way that you do, you are never going to look as good as me. Ha ha, ha ha. It was just a nice Karen moment and I just wanted to share that because I don't know if anyone caught it, but I did and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Another shade is whenever Candace called Ashley, Ashley the forehead Darby. Candace is kind of obsessed with talking about other people's body parts. So I wonder why. Why does she always constantly have to talk about Mia's feet? Her ass, Ashley's forehead. Did she talk about her hair once? She might have. But she has like an obsession of doing that when she's trying to throw low blows. It's interesting to me. When no one else really comes after her appearance. So that tells me that Candace is really hung up on the looks. That's sad. But she's doing what she's doing. So Whenever Karen found out, this is another shade moment. Whenever Karen found out (laughs) that Giselle and Robin were leaving in the middle of the night, Karen said in her confessional something like, Giselle leaving in the middle of the night is basically, it's tackier than the way that she dresses. 
And um, that's funny because we all know that I think out of all of the Bravo, (laughs) I'm so sorry, Giselle, out of all of the Bravo people, the Bravo lebs, Giselle's fashion, (laughs) I hate that I'm saying this. I feel like Giselle's fashion is the worst out of all of them, okay? And I hate it. I mean, oh, she's so beautiful. She just really needs some help with her style. And I'm no fucking... I'm no fucking fashionista. I mean, I fucking wear sweats and fucking yoga pants all the time. But Giselle, set an example for me so I can so I can be better. <sighs> so her leaving in the middle of the night is tackier than her clothing. Okay. Karen had a lot of good jabs with uh, Giselle tonight. She also said that if there's anything food related with this group, Giselle will be there. And she's always full of food. Here's the thing, though. I don't think she's wrong. Because if you if you look at, let's, let's go back to whenever Ashley threw. No, fuck. Ashley didn't throw that shit. Let's go back to whenever Candace threw the butter knife at Ashley at Mama Dorothy's house. I know I said that on purpose. You're welcome. <laughs> whenever that whole thing was happening and people were like yelling and like, no, 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 Giselle, you look over at her. She's eating her salad. OK, now I think any time that there's any yelling and if there's food around the table, they always go to Giselle. They always go to her and she's always eating whatever is around. It's just true. It's not a bad thing. It's kind of like it reminds me of Ebony. Ebony did that shit in New York, too. Whenever there was shit going on, Ebony was just sort of eating and I loved it. Not all the time, but it was very consistent. Just like whenever Leah would smell shit all the time. I enjoy those little little moments. And I hope that production does it on purpose because it is quite genius. Hopefully Yin's guys have noticed that before because I know that I notice it all the time. And I'm so appreciative. It just makes more of a it's more artistic and it's uh, it's poetic in a way that I thoroughly enjoy. So we're going to get to the quote pretty soon. My quote of the week said by Ray. And (laughs) it was talking about Um, well, I'm not even going to say it. So Ray says something that's the quote of the week for me. And it's about Giselle and her broken toe. And you see Giselle in her confessional say something like, you know what? I appreciate Ray. This is, this is what I like about Ray. Like I want him to live so he can make me laugh. So that was a cute, it was a cute little number. She is shading him a bit for his age. Okay. But it was pretty cute. All the girls are basically saying Mia is a bit of a space cadet. She kind of uh, is over dramatic with her storytelling. So cute little shade that I feel like is pretty common within any friend group, I would assume. There's always that one friend that's a little bit spacey. Sometimes I feel like that's me and my friend group. This was kind of funny. At the end, whenever Robin was talking about the room situation and how basically she's on her period, she don't want to stay in a bathroom where men are peeing on the fucking bathroom floor. I wish I would have seen that because, you know, listen, they show that shit whenever Ramona takes a shit and she <laughs> she always clogs the toilet. So why couldn't they show us the dudes with their piss on the floor? Missed opportunity there, production. Um, But then you see Karen and her confessional get in there and said something like she doesn't think that Robin. She doesn't think that the boys peed on the floor. She thinks that Robin, in fact, peed on the floor so she can make that excuse so she could dip out and go to the hotel. Could that be true? I don't know. Clearly, I don't believe it, but wouldn't it be funny if it 
really did happen. <laughs> so now we're going to go to the quote of the week. I have three, but I can't wait to tell you the one that Ray said. Um, so here we go. We got quote number one. It's uh, it's Wendy. This is actually, I feel like this is going to be very relatable for the moms out there. And I just wanted to take a note on it. So she's referring to her time that she's spending at this uh, girl's weekend with her husbands. Uh, she doesn't want to ruin the moment because Robin and Giselle are being bitter. She says, I'm not wasting free childcare for these chicks. And you know what? Again, I think a lot of moms can relate to that shit. Whenever they're not watching their kids, they want to go have a good time. So that's quote number one. We're going to go to current. She, <laughs> it's not that funny, but I do think it might be true with what she says. And I appreciate that as well. She says, it wouldn't be a girl's trip if Giselle and Robin don't try something. I don't know necessarily if it's Robin trying something. She, she is right, though, with Giselle trying some shit. So, Karen, I do support you on that, believe it or not. Now, the last quote that I have, the quote of the week. Oh, my God, I've been excited to tell you guys this. <laughs> so Ray goes over to Giselle and is like, what happened to your leg or your foot? And she's like, ask your wife. She did this to me, LOL. So then <laughs> Ray goes over to Karen and says, Karen, Giselle's trying to say you broke her toe. How, how'd you miss the neck? LOL, LOL. Giselle got a laugh out of it. I did too. It was a good way, uh, maybe hopefully for some closure with the three of them. But for Ray Huger to say that, yes, honey, that is the quote of the week for me. Giselle, Karen, Giselle's trying to say that you broke her toe. How'd you miss the neck? That's actually something that I could hear Joe Gorga say, and um, clearly I got the Jersey men on my mind. So with that, yins, guys, that is another episode with your bitch, and uh, I enjoy talking this shit to you, and I appreciate yins, guys' ears. Make sure to follow me on Instagram, the Instagram, at Bravo Yinzer, Yinzer spelled Y-I-N-Z-E-R. Please follow us at Believe Podcasts and at Believe Pop Culture. That's Believe, B-L-E-A-V. I hope Yins guys have an amazing week. I can't fucking wait for the reunion number two of Beverly Hills. Is it reunion number two? Is it part two? I can't remember. But right now it's fucking amazing and I'm appreciating it. And I think tonight we're going to dive in really into Erica's marriage. So get your popcorn ready in guys. And yeah, let's see what Winter House is about. Craig and Austin, you already annoy me and you'll always annoy me. Whatever. <laughs> See you guys next week. Have a great one. And until then, bye you guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.